This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Charger Bolt Family, and Bet Online. If this is your first time tuning into the show, you can hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. We're, we're almost there. Ah, we're, we're so close. We're almost there. Uh, I believe it's. Two weeks from today, actually, if I remember it correctly. But we're almost there, Dan. I, I don't know how you've been filling your time. Uh, me personally, you know, thank God for Marvel series. Thank God for Stranger Things. Thank God for anything that's at least binge worthy to keep my attention right now because it's tough. July is tough. This time of the year is tough. You could feel it around all the different NFL fan bases. Football is so close to returning. We're so close. And Jake, I can't tell you how long it's been since I have been able to go to like the most metal concert ever. Right. Uh, it's been way too long. Anything at this point <laughs> would be good. I've run out of things on Netflix to watch. I've run out of highlights. I've run out of articles. Uh, I think it's time. We have like two weeks left until we could finally start to talk about Chargers football in a present tense and not like projection, not like what happens in the past, but actually like right now, here's what's happening at training camp. But uh, that's a great segue because today we're talking about projection. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> so we're reaching folks. We're nice reaching. job. Sick and uh, tired of this future projection <laughs> stuff. I want to see stuff. I want to put the, you know, Get, get me guys in full pads. Get Don't. me stuff that I can actually go off of seeing in practice so that some of these projections that Dan and I are coming up with actually mean something. Yes, yes. And for those who were tuned into our last episode, we did kind of give a quick glimpse into some of the main storylines to kind of watch out for during training camp. But we're going to get to one of those today, uh, at least half of one of those today, where we get into the training camp battles, which I believe are probably one of the biggest storylines because uh, there's a lot of talent. A lot of guys were drafted. A lot of free agents were brought in. But there's only 53 guys who are going to make this team. And so Jake and I are going to go offense on this episode, defense on next episode. And, of course, where special teams bleeds into those two, we'll talk about them. But we'll go through camp battles to watch for on offense today. We'll go through defense, special teams, and all that jazz another different day. But before we get into the root of this episode, Jake, I know we got to pay the bills. Our folks are at Bet Online; uh, they're helping us out a bunch. We can't really put anything other than prop bets on the Chargers at this point. Uh, tell us about Bet Online. Well, our partners over at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest on the UFC fighting news, and even next year's NFL futures. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. That's B-L-E-A-V, Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Jake, uh, it's been pretty quiet 
on the Chargers front. So today we're going to get into Crickets. camp battles. Uh, other Let's than try to spice it up a little bit here. Did you see Jake the the highlights from uh, I think it was last year's mini camps or training camps that the Chargers put out? It was I did pretty funny. Justin Herbert trying to you know avoid the camera and putting on uh, the Easton Stick jersey swap. That was fantastic. Uh, and you can't forget your sunscreen. Just ask Joey. Joey Bosa. Bosa. Uh, so this year, training camp's two weeks away. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. There are some camp battles that are really not battles. And then there are camp battles that are going to be bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of them on the offensive side, I would say more so on defense. But that does not mean there aren't going to be some to watch out for on this offensive side. Um, quarterback, I think we know, Jake. Who's going to be starting quarterback week one? I don't know. It's a little <laughs> bit of a horse race. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's a toss-up. Uh, no, obviously, Chargers uh, are going to be starting Justin Herbert. Uh, do we care or want to talk about QB2-3? Like, I think elephant in the room. I think majority of Chargers fans don't want to have three quarterbacks in on this team come the 53-man roster. Probably going to happen. So is there a point? It's probably going to happen. (laughs) You know, we've gone through other people's 53-man projections that they've had. I know that Daniel Popper a couple weeks ago came out with his. He had them sticking with three quarterbacks in Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel, and Easton Stick. Dan, we need to kind of talk about this just briefly because there still is the contingent of people that believe that Easton Stick should be the backup quarterback to Justin Herbert. And because of that, there still is that, that Easton Stick, you know, the fandom that is still out there for him. Some people have sent back to me in tweets that they believe that Chase Daniel is a wasted roster spot, a waste of a roster spot. Now look, is Chase Daniel, is anybody expecting Chase Daniel to step in and replace Justin Herbert? To play a snap? No, but for someone who's been a veteran, been in Lombardi's system previously on a different team, it's still a good thing to have as great as Justin Herbert is and going into year three, you usually want to have a veteran as your backup. So look, I get the initial excitement about Easton stick. I remember his first preseason when I was watching him as well to me, Dan, and then this is not a slight at Easton stick, but I just think for, and you tease it at the beginning, the amount of talent that's on this team, and when it really comes down to the final cuts toward the end of August, what's going to value to you more? Is it going to be a fifth linebacker spot at arguably your weakest in terms of depth-wise goes? Or is it going to be a QB3? Is it going to be a wide receiver six? Or is it going to be a QB3? Pick your poison. Where, where do you find that you could use more value on the team elsewhere than QB three. A lot of places, if we're being honest. Uh, but again, like it, it's an insurance policy that the team is doing. And I think Easton stick and chase Daniel both provide different values to this team. I think chase, I think East, sorry, I think chase Daniel, I think provides that like mentorship, leadership camaraderie that I think Justin leans on in terms of like trying to be a student of the game and, and how kind of the ins and outs I think Easton Stick is more like a, a talent project-ish. But like I don't think anyone sees a high ceiling for Easton Stick. I don't think anybody trusts Easton Stick to carry this team 
if let's say Justin is out for a few games, three games, four games, like do do we expect anything to come from that? I would rather see Chase Daniel out there than I would Easton Stick personally. Um, but I don't think okay, maybe do this, Jake. If it was only going to be two quarterbacks on this team, is it Chase or Easton that stays? Put it to you like this, Dan. Easton Stick has one more year of experience in the NFL than Justin Herbert does. <laughs> Chase Daniel has 14 total years of experience. Now, regardless of what you want to, irregardless of his career, but I'll say this. That to me solidifies it because a guy with one more year of experience that has barely seen any actual NFL playing time. I'm going to go with the savvy veteran who knows the offensive coordinator's system better and has spent more time in it. Agreed. I agree. Uh, I don't think it's close to my opinion, but what do we know? Uh, before we get to the running backs, guys, uh, we are doing a new feature here on LAFB Network, uh, especially with Chargers Unleashed here. Uh, we're doing kind of a text to chat, text to answer questions that you guys may have. Uh, any questions that you have, whether it's on this episode or episodes in the future, all you got to do is text UNLEASHED to 31032. Again, UNLEASHED to 31032. I think currently, if you do that, you'll be entered in to get a giveaway. We're doing uh, some lids, some hats from lids, uh, your choice. Uh, so go ahead and text 31032. Use the code UNLEASHED. You can enter in for the giveaway, and you can use actually the link that you'll be sent to to ask us questions uh, now and in the future. All right, Jake, so this one I think is going to be juicy. Uh, I'm interested to see, looking at the running back position, we all know Austin Eckler's RB1. We've heard Austin Eckler kind of clamor for someone to come in and kind of help him and not give him a breath, but actually come and earn, take reps from him as RB2. We know about kind of the history of it in the past years of that not happening, i.e. look at Larry Roundtree, Justin Jackson can't stay healthy, look at Joshua Kelly. Like it, It's just been hard for Eckler to get any sort of consistency behind him. Now you've got guys, Isaiah Spiller is here, Justin Jackson's still a free agent, by the way, Lenny Brown's here, Xander Horvath's here. There's a bunch of guys kind of in that group. I think we know... RB1 and 2, I think, Isaiah Spiller and Austin Eckler. Who would you say is going to be RB3? And will there be RB4? Not not fullback. Will there yes. be four running backs position. plus fullback? There shouldn't be four running backs on, on, the, on the roster. There just shouldn't be. And you tried this previously last year. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson... Uh, Joshua Kelly, and Larry Roundtree. But again, I go back to when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, when you really think as far as the RB3 position, how much were those guys actually contributing in the game? Somebody, give me, give me the snaps, because I guarantee you it's a very low number for how much each one of them were contributing. Unfortunately, they both had their ups and downs. They both had their inconsistencies last year where you were hoping for a little bit more. Each one of them had flashes, but very brief. And so this training camp battle, again, this, this is proven now from what the Chargers did in the draft, going out and getting a guy like Isaiah Spiller that can come in, come in and compliment uh, Austin Eckler for what he does. Dan, you had mentioned it. The challenge has essentially been thrown out there. Austin Eckler says, come get me, guys. 
I want you guys to have that same type of mentality that I had when I was an undrafted free agent. So now you start to look at the rest of the guys that are really in the camp battles, obviously Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree being at the top of that, being that they have had the most experience with this system thus far. And then you look at the other guys, some of the new faces of this running back unit, a Letty Brown, a Kevin Marks, who's going to step up out of those guys? Are they going to be able to make noise during the preseason? I don't know. And Dan, I will throw this out there because I've seen this conversation being had over the last week and a half. Would Justin Jackson returning to this team be such a bad thing as no. an RB3? In short, hell no, it wouldn't be. But okay, now the quick retort is, will it happen? If he does, I, honestly, okay, so this is where it gets into something fun. Um, to answer the question, will Justin Jackson be back on the team if he does not get picked up by another team i do think justin jackson will be back and i have him making the 53 man roster wait okay wait so you're you're actually okay so you're saying that if the Chargers sign him, he he makes the 53 i i, I would think that if they were yep. to go out and make a move like that 100 percent. i don't think it would be a bad option either um, even when he was healthy, I think that he was a good complement to Austin Eckler. But if you were to have a three-headed running back room look like Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, and Justin Jackson, there's a lot of versatility there. You look at what the running back room looks like now between Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree. The differences in what they bring to the table is not that much when you just compare them player for player. Kevin Marks and Letty Brown really, really haven't seen that much of yet. You can go back to their college film and try to pick apart their differences. Dan, I know that you're a fan of, was it Letty Brown that you were a fan of or was it Kevin yeah. Marks? Letty yes. Brown. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that training camp battle plays out. But this is going to be competitive. And when you think about an RB3 and those type of situations where you want them to bring in, you need that versatility. I don't think that any of these guys should be taking away snaps from Austin Eckler if it's indeed going to be a passing down, especially if it's on a third down situation. But can you find a guy that can bring a little bit more versatility to this running back unit? Can you find a guy who's going to be able to be consistent in contributing to this running game? There's a lot of question marks here when you get beyond Isaiah Spiller. There are, and and I think it's important when you kind of get into this, and we kind of mentioned it before, It when you get down to like RB3, RB4, or fullback, what do you want to talk about? Um, it's not just about like how well they run the rock. Like I think this is where it kind of bleeds into like how good are they at pass protection? Are, how good are they or how much will they provide value in special teams? And so, you know, for example, like Joshua Kelly, he's a pretty good runs, he's a pretty good pass blocker. Like that, coaches have talked about that. Uh, Justin Jackson is a pretty darn good special teamer when he's out there. And so when you look at kind of the battle for me, I do think that there's going to be, I think that there's going to be four running backs mm. plus a fullback on this team when it comes to 53-man roster. But that's because of the special team's influence, in my opinion. So that's fair. In, in my eyes, I see Eckler Spiller, as your one, two, and then like RB three, four for those camp battle. I think that's going to be bloodbath because in that position, you've got who are currently on the team, Kevin Marks, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree and Letty Brown. 
That's four guys vying for two spots, not including Justin Jackson, who's not there, and that's not including any of the fullbacks. So that wouldn't be a Gabe Neighbors or a Xander Horvath. So you've got arguably, what's that, six guys vying for two spots, if there's only four. I think there's going to be five total, including a fullback, but that's going to be where you're going to see some names that you don't want to see leave. No matter what happens, some of these guys are going to go. Like four of these following guys are not going to be on this team. Gabe Neighbors, Larry Roundtree, Joshua Kelly, Kevin Marks, Xander Horvath, Letty Brown. Four of those guys who you like are not going to be there. See, my prediction would be that I would keep it at three and then include the fullback in there. Now, I agree with you. Do I think that that's what's going to happen, that that's what the team will decide? Unfortunately not. If it were me, I'd be going with three running backs. And the reason that I say that is because I think that the talent of Isaiah Spiller definitely closes that gap of the uncertainty that you have behind Austin Eckler to where you don't need to have an additional fourth running back as part of that roster. I think you can succeed with a talent like Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, and whoever your third guy ends up being. So I think that there would be enough talent that you'd be able to get out of that and then obviously have your fullback to supplant that. But if it was me in terms of where I'm spreading it, where I feel that the roster needs more value, more depth in certain places, that's how I would shave it down. But like you, Dan, when we come cut off time based on what the roster is right now, yeah, it'll probably end up being four. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um so let's go to let's go to wide receivers then, uh, Jake. We have a fourth and Staley shirt that we have on LAFB Network, the shop. Uh, for folks who are listening, watching, if you use the code Unleashed, you can actually get twenty five percent off the LAFB Network. You can get that shirt. You can get all kinds of swag that we have on there for Chargers gear. Uh, again, use the code Unleashed twenty five percent off LAFB shop uh, at lafbnetwork.com. Uh, lots of folks on the receiving end of those fourth and Staley's are on this wide receiver list of guys who are most likely going to be or not be on this team. Um, I think it's safe to say that the four guys that we know are going to be on this team, actually, I would probably say five guys knew who are going to be on this team. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter. Do we agree? Those five guys, there's no way they're not going to be there. Yes. Now the question becomes, is there, of, of those guys, if you were to have to replace them with someone who's not on that list, like in my eyes, I see like a Joe Reed, I think is kind of a variable. And because of the special teams value that he could add, you got Jason Moore, who's kind of been like a long time chargers, uh, camp body. Do they need, do they keep five? Is it just me five? I mean, it, it may be five. I mean, if you look at the last two years, last year they just kept five. The year prior to that, they kept six. So it's not like it was a long time ago where they ended up keeping more than five. I understand why they did it last year. That's how they chose to spread the depth chart. Now, was it the best five in hindsight? Probably not. <laughs> but it's it's what you had at that particular time. And yeah, there was probably one person that... A lot of people don't want us to bring up his name considering how upset we were that he did not end up making the final cuts and how surprised we were. But that is just one example of that. But Dan, we said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about 
you know, surprise players, guys that kind of need that breakout season, guys that need to step it up a little bit more. And the reports that we heard out of mandatory minicamp were very positive thus far. I know it was only two days of practice, no pads that we're talking about here. But Joe Reed is still, if you look at the rest of the wide receivers that are on that roster outside of those five that you just mentioned. So we're looking at Michael Bandy, Trevon Bradford, Maurice French, Jason Moore. Jason Moore has made this final roster before, only for a brief period of time, but he's done it. But when you look at Joe Reed, just from the standpoint of, again, versatility, what is there anything more of value that you bring other than just being a traditional wide receiver? And I think on those merits alone, based off of what he did in college and what the Chargers even brought him in for the brief one touchdown that he got just a couple years ago, you have some creativity that you can mix in here with his skill set. So there is a chance. I'm not predicting that this is what's going to happen because there are a lot of ifs in this variable to move forward on. But if Joe Reed was to continue to have a good training camp, as we head into these last couple of weeks of July, heading into August, and you get into the preseason games, are you taking advantage of the snaps that you're getting during real playing time? If he can go through all that and be have lights out, essentially, then there could be a really good case where the Chargers could keep six wide receivers in this group. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and I think if we're being frank, I don't think that there's any chance that Joe Reed outperforms or climbs up into the five spot, i.e. taking out. No, John I don't Drake see that either. Not at all. So the only way that I think he makes the squad or anyone else makes the squad is if they keep six. And the reason that they would potentially keep or not keep six, this goes back to the very end of your roster. So like, would you rather have a sixth wide receiver or would you rather have a whatever fifth running back slash fullback? Or would right. you rather have like another linebacker? that is there to possibly help if you have a you know an injury to someone or you know how much Brandon Staley loves his safeties and corners like that's where you start to see like where is the value where, where do you see it being most needed at the wide receiver six spot Joe Reed being kind of a special teams plug and play punt return slash kind of end around guy but then even that he and Jondre Carter they do the same thing Unfortunately, for Joe Reed, like it's a bit redundant. Now, I think this this is the position that we really need to ask this question because it happens every training camp right before the season gets underway. There are going to be those surprise names that come on the market. And given the fact that the Chargers did not go out in free agency and get a wide receiver, given the fact that they did not draft a wide receiver through the first seven rounds, would you expect this to be one of the targets? We don't know the name, but let's just say it was a name. It's not obviously going to be the biggest name. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be being cut. But if if there was a position where you could see the Chargers going out and adding someone from a different team to come into this roster, whoever it is, to me, this would be the position to look at at the wide receiver group. And again, it'd be interesting considering the five guys that you just said, Dan. We don't see any of the guys currently on this roster that would unseat any of those five coming in. So I still think it's possible that if the Chargers were to keep six, that an outside surprise cut from another team that is a wide receiver 
could come in here. Yeah. Um, so do you see that happening? Like if you were to keep, I don't know if I see it happening, but I I would say like, if you were to throw that out as far as positions to watch out for in terms of people that might be cut, I think that the wide receiver group would be one of them just considering the moves or lack thereof that was made at this position group in the off season. Got it. Again, like we're we're talking about wide receiver five, six, because you know, Keenan Allen, we know is going to be there. Mike Williams, we know is going to be there. Josh Palmer, everyone's talking about seeing a big leap from him. Jalen Guyton is the deep threat. We're hoping to see more development in the route tree from him. John J. Carter was brought in specifically as a kick returner, and hopefully maybe he gives us some juice on wide receiver. So, like, those spots are solid. They're not in question in my eyes, barring some catastrophic injury. So that's why we're talking about kind of the camp battles below that. Um Interestingly, Jake, tight end group uh, looks going to be a little bit different than it was last year. Uh, no more Jared Cook, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty. I guess maybe the the battle would probably be for tight end three. You got guys like Stone Smart, Hunter, Campermoyer. Do you see either of those guys being ahead of Trey McKitty? Like, how do you see the kind of the tight end three spot finishing out here? No, I I. I see this as it should stand when you come down to final cuts at this position. It should be three tight ends. Uh, it's been nice to hear that Stone Smart has started off mandatory minicamp uh, really, really well thus far. I like him, man. I, I mean, there, there's a lot to like about him. The size is there. Obviously, the reports from Daniel Popper were very positive in terms of the production that he was uh, putting out there on the field, albeit with you know the second and third string. But it was it's a positive development. Is is would he definitely be a guy that I would consider to be the you know practice squad candidate? One hundred percent. But I don't think that there is going to be much of a battle here when it comes to tight end three. I think they value Trey McKitty when you look at really the aspect of what Everett brings to the game, what Parham brings to the game, and then you have Trey McKitty that still as, as in terms of the receiving aspect goes, we're kind of waiting to see a little bit more of that, but you know what his bread and butter is when it comes to the game, as far as his blocking capabilities. So that's, that holds value right now. And I think that they want to have him keep, keep developing the, the, the receiving aspects for for himself. So I don't think that he's in any trouble there from a standpoint of the rest of the guys that are on this roster behind him. Yeah, I will say, though, like the the one part about Stone Smart that I like is kind of his versatility that he brings. And it's not just as like a versatility as a tight end. Like, I think he he brings a bit more juice when it comes to like athleticism. And he can kind of do that wide receiver tight end hybrid role a little bit. Um, He's athletic. So like I could see them using him on some like gadget plays. I know he's played quarterback in the past. Um, So like. There, I can see the co- I can see the coaching staff getting creative with him, but I don't know if I necessarily think that that creativity possibility is enough to keep him on this team. I I want him to be, but I don't think that he's going to leap over Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty is a great run blocker, and I think if you were looking at the top three, that's the one thing that he brings that no one else has, at least to his skill set. If they can develop him more and have him be like a receiving tight end to add on top of that. Like that's a damn good what or tight end trio. So I think it's Donald Parham, which we know the team loves and we're so excited to kind of see him back. Huge body, huge presence, red zone, you name it. Jail Everett can do everything. 
Uh, he's got physical guy. He's the one that can get that yard after the catch. He's the one that I think a lot of folks were hoping that we can get out of this tight end group. I know me personally, I wanted him on the team two years ago and we didn't get him last year. Got Jared Cook instead. We finally get him now. I think they only keep three. That's not, I don't see how they would keep four unless maybe they bring like a fullback and have him technically be, I don't know. Um, anything else? I mean, are, is there any way that Shane McKinney is, does not make the team? No, I don't see that at all. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. So offensive line. Um, it's kind of weird, Jake. We're getting to this last position here. It's kind of weird. Don't you snub fullback. Don't you act like fullback is not a part of this roster. Well, I was putting fullback in the running back spot, but we can go into the fullback because I don't, because I feel like that's going to be, well, let's go into that now then. Sure. This running backs, fullbacks. Short. <laughs> yes. Well, Okay. A lot of people are in the Xander Horvath train. Yes. A lot of people also like the idea of familiarity with Gabe Neighbors. What say look, you? Look, if we if we were to keep look, one, look, <laughs> look. No, are you going with recency bias? Are you going with a guy that just no? I'm not just people? no. I'm not just going with recency bias. I'm ma- I'm I'm making a case here to just kind of look at the tea leaves. Okay. In terms of a guy who offered the most versatility to your team last year, is not even either one of these guys, but it proves a point, Dan. The way that Steven Anderson was utilized at the halfback position as well as essentially your fourth tight end says a lot of how much the fullback position was really valued last year. In which case, the person who had the fullback spot (laughs) <laughs> wasn't really valued that much in the offense. You saw more of the versatility that was brought in from Steven Anderson as a halfback, how they utilized him technically from the fullback position. He would go out, roll out, and he would be catching passes from Justin Herbert right there in the flat and take it for an extra 10 to 15 yards. I think it was almost that, that Gabe neighbor's job was essentially usurped by Steven Anderson last year. And I think when you just look at the physicality, again, it's not all the time. It's not a traditional type fullback. We're not talking about Mike Allstott here or anything like that, but he's definitely a built guy, has the receiving chops. So he has a little bit more versatility in the passing game. Um, of course, his blocking is going to need to get a little bit better. Now, this is the, this is, I understand the people who want to talk about familiarity. But in terms of contributing to the team, Dan, I saw more contributions from Steven Anderson as a blocker last year than I did Gabe Neighbors. And we're talking about guys that were put in the same position. And one guy who technically wasn't actually listed as a fullback, but he took the halfback spot and he ran with it because he, he brought versatility to the game. So that is why I give Xander Horvath a leg up in this fullback competition. Interesting. Now, is it guaranteed that they bring a fullback? Yeah, I, I think it is in this particular scheme. Yeah, I do. Okay, Especially so if you only ke- end up keeping three tight ends. Yeah, I definitely think that that's So possible. you think they're going to keep three tight ends, three running backs, and one fullback? That's what I would do. Okay. That's what not you- what I think the team will do. So do you think they're going to add one more running back to that? I think they'll probably keep four running backs. One of these guys between Z- uh, Horvath and Neighbors... Uh, will win the fullback spot, and I would assume that you would only keep that they would only keep three tight ends. Okay, okay. 
Now, the, again, I think like the 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 kicker for some of these guys are going to be how much they produce on special teams, and not necessarily like them in isolation, but them compared to the defensive guys that we'll talk about in the next episode because there are some athletic freaks on this team that are on the defensive side that if we're being honest are more athletic than some of these guys at the bottom of the roster on the offense that are trying to get on there on special teams. And so like, there might be guys like, I can't believe that so-and-so doesn't make it. And you compare him to other guys on his, you know, as a wide receiver, for example, but comparing a, a Joe Reed can't believe he didn't make it compared to like, um, I don't know, give me a bottom of the roster corner or a linebacker, you know, whether it's, uh, Amen versus Joe Reed, right? You would never think, which one of those guys do I want to keep? But if you look at kind of those roster spots, wide receiver group's pretty loaded, set. Linebacker group, like, it goes down in a hurry. So which one's more important? That's the question that you're going to see Telesco and Staley have. So don't just look at wide receivers versus wide receivers, but look at kind of where they provide value across the entire team. Enough soapbox for me, Jake. Uh, last one for offense. Offensive line. Jake, uh, any surprises? Where are the camp battles here? Any surprises? I mean, your focus immediately goes to right tackle, obviously. Who's going to win the camp battle here? But if I, if I was to say any surprises here, and if you just look at the guys beyond, let's just let's just put out the starting projected five as we think how it's going to go from right now. You have Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, and I think Dan and I are in the consensus that we're both saying that Trey Pipkins is going to be your starting right tackle. Good answer. If you've been following anything from the Duke Mannyweather or the reports from Trey Pipkins, everything has been extremely positive going into this year of his rookie contract. Now. Your backups, you're talking about Storm Norton, you do have to start with, Jamari Salar, Brennan Hymas, Will Clapp. The normal sweet spot to keep, as far as most teams do, is usually between 9 and 10 offensive linemen. I say they keep 9. Storm Norton, and this is another position, Dan, as I was mentioning, that just as I said with wide receiver, depending on who some guys are cut from other teams. This would be another position that I think that the Chargers would keep their eye on because you've seen what they've done in free agency. I mean, obviously with Will Clapp being one of the um, Will Clapp being one of the free agent acquisitions that they got way toward the end of the free agency period. And I am forgetting the other guy that we picked up from Washington's practice squad. Um, forgive me if I if I'm forgetting his name, but there was another. I, I believe he was more of a guard. Than anything else but so the the investment has slowly kind of been there but it hasn't been the big name that everybody was waiting for this could be another one of those type of positions where i think if someone came off another team albeit be whether they're a starter or a backup that you could see some fluctuation and storm norton sadly may be the odd man out here depending on how it goes really I mean, again, only if it's in that type of scenario. If the Chargers were to go out from another team, from a surprise cut, depending on who it is, I could see them subplanting Storm Norton with an outside person. If they don't do that, then I think Storm Norton is your right tackle backup. And you move forward with the nine individuals that I just mentioned. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with the latter. Um, I think so. The five we agree on starters: Slater, Filer, Lindsley, Johnson, Pipkins, and then uh, Jamari Sawyer. I have staying. Will Clap. I have staying. Then Brandon Hymas. I have staying. Um, so really, I think we're looking at like the the Will Clap, uh, Storm Norton competition. I think is going to be one to look for. Um, I don't see Brandon Hymas not making the squad. So I think it's between Will Clapp and Storm Norton. And I of, say, those, I say, of those two, is it going to be Will? I say it's Will Clapp just from the standpoint of you're, that's your backup center. And, he, and he's, uh, for, uh, for all intents and purposes, um, uh, excuse me when I say this, he's got, the, he's got the veteran experience, been in the league for five years. And I think... I think you've kind of seen what you've gotten from Storm Norton. So just from the standpoint of backups at a certain position, this is essentially your Scott Questenberry replacement and Will Clapp. So, so realistically, I think like just to kind of recap. So the, the major kind of camp battles on offense is there really isn't one on for a quarterback. Cause we think they're going to keep three, but if it is two, which it's not going to be, uh, it should be chase Daniel in my opinion. Uh, running back, I think that's going to be probably the most bloodbath. Uh, you and I have, I think you have three running backs. I have four. Um, who, by the way, who are the three that make it for you? Is it Eckler, Spiller? If if we're just talking about guys on the roster at this point, no, we're not. We're not. Oh, we're not in total. Just who are the three running backs starting the season for you? Who are your three? Well, I'm saying if that was my only choices. Where Justin Jackson is not coming back, he, or no, you're he's not choice. going out. He's a choice. Uh, well, I can't. You know what? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to use what we have right now because the, if I say that, then that's just me making a hearty prediction. Okay. So I'll just go off of what we have. This is the crappy part again of it being <laughs> middle of July and football is not back and we don't have the pads on yet. <laughs> but if I'm just to go off of what is there right now. I'd say your three that probably went out are obviously Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller. And to me, it would probably, depending on how he performs in training camp, I think it's going to come down to a battle of Larry Roundtree and Letty Brown. Yep, I agree. I agree. That's what I would say. All right. So for the record, I'm putting this out there. For the record, my running back slash fullback squad, I have Eckler, Spiller, Letty Brown, Justin Jackson, and Xander Horvath. Those are my five running back fullback combo. All right, so wide receiver. The real camp battle to look for is going to be, if there's going to be six, who's going to make that spot? If there's not going to be six, I don't think that there's going to be a camp battle at wide receiver. Because I don't think Jason Moore, Joe Reed, or, those, or French, or anyone's going to be leaping over the five you already have. And they still would be wide receiver if they were on special teams. So if it's going to be six, in my eyes, it's going to probably be Joe Reed or Jason Moore. Would you agree? I would agree with that. The other thing that's working against the potential of having a wide receiver six on this team is, are the Chargers going to employ DeAndre Carter more than just a return man? You've seen the film of him being implemented in the offense during his previous stints with other teams. Are you going to now implement him in the same way or even inflate that a little bit more 
And because if you do, then to me, I think that that gives less of a chance for the Chargers keeping six. But if they do keep six, Dan, then yes, I agree that it would be between those two. Jason Moore obviously has experience being on this final roster. Actually, they both have experience being on the final roster. So I think just in terms of both guys who have those types of experience, as opposed to the remaining guys that are part of this wide receiver group, they have the best chance if indeed there is going to be a six wide receiver. Yep. Tight ends. We think that it's going to be three and it's Everett Parham McKitty. So I don't really think there's going to be a camp battle there. Um, the only camp battle at tight end is going to be if one of those other guys can make it on special teams. Stone smart is the guy that I think to look for. Just, you've seen some flashes from him. I liked him when I saw him come in, but I just don't think there's room for him. He'll make, I think he's going to make a spot on another roster. I do. Uh, and then offensive line, looking at it, we know the five. We know Pipkins, Johnson, Lindsley, Filer, Slater are there. Jamari Sawyer was just brought in. Brandon Hymas, we know they're high on. Trey Pipkins, we obviously talked about. It's Will Clapp, Storm Norton. Is there anyone else that you think could make it as an offensive lineman? If we were, if we were going with it, like Andrew Trainer, Zach Bailey, Ryan Hunter, like do, I don't think either of those three are going to take over. So I would say Zach Bailey simply, and this is not a big reason why. You just you know he's he spent time on other NFL rosters before. Again, no prominent playing time for him. But when you really look at the the rest of the guys that are part of this tackle slash guard group, Dan. I mean, there's not a lot of experience <laughs> that's in the remaining depth of the guys that you're talking about. But Zach Bailey has been with NFL teams before, obviously only being, being with two years in the league. But I think that that would be the only thing that would hold it over. So again, I don't see the Chargers keeping 10. I think that sweet spot's at nine with the nine that we've listed off. Um, and, and again, this is another position to kind of keep your eyes open for any of the other 31 teams that do any cuts that may be of prominent names that could step in and possibly unseat any of these guys uh, from a backup standpoint. So that is the offensive storylines in terms of training camp battles to look for. Uh, a few on offense. Our next episode, we're going to get all into the defense, which honestly, Jake, that's going to be ruthless. Yeah, uh, that'll be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough. And that's the one I'm not looking forward to. Or I am looking forward to, but I'm not looking forward to the day that it gets trimmed down because I guarantee you there's going to be some guys that we're going to wish that was not taken off this team. Now, is there something we could do about it? Is there something, is there another guy that we'd rather have? Like, I don't know. But like, that's a good problem to have from a roster construction perspective. So next episode is going to be all about the defensive roster battles to look for when it comes to training camp. Uh, before we get out of here, Jake, Again, you guys can text 31032, use the code UNLEASHED to get updates on questions that you might have for us, as well as go into the giveaway that we're doing with LAFB. Uh, anything else, Jake? We want to tell the great friends before we head out of here for another week of No Chargers Football. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, and then you basically took the words right out of my mouth. Another week without NFL football. The crickets are chirping, and they are chirping loudly at this time of the year when essentially... <laughs> The best news that you can find out there is 
the battle between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. That is really the only titillating news that we can talk about these days. And damn it, we need something else to talk about. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, Jake, as we close out, did you see that he had pitched the idea of him doing like a work from home thing? I think this was Campbell's and they shot it down. I did. I I did hear this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I thought it was a funny idea. I actually kind of liked it. Uh, anyways, um, that's it for us. You can find Jake at Jake T. Heffer on Twitter. You can find myself at Chargers Homework at LEC underscore Unleashed is where we can be found on Twitter. Again, subscribe, hit the like button on YouTube and anywhere you find us. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.